This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. A perfect countdown to a perfect show, at least in my mind. And if I can trick you for the next couple of hours, we're in. Like Flynn, I'm Jay Severin. We're the Blaze Radio Network. And uh, in case anybody didn't get to you first to tell you this, there's a lot going on. Excelsior. Welcome back, best and brightest, and you are, I think you know you are, I hope you know you are, you deserve at least that much, the best in radio. I am Jay Severin. That's why I love my job so much. We are the Blaze Radio Network, one 888 In the continuing uh, investment series, and I know you're already saying, wait, wh- where's my money at? I didn't get my check yet. It's a, unfortunately a different kind of investment. Uh, the investment here is to try and give you the best show live we can do every day. And live is a, another definition for fraught with peril. It means anything can go wrong at any moment, and it does. Now, we've been very, very lucky. No. I apologize to everyone down there. Britt, would you apologize personally, I mean? I mean, if you have to stay overnight tonight, if you have to, I'll make a phone call. If you have to take bundles of tickets and fly across the United States and other regions to personally apologize, I hope you will do that. Do you have any problem with that? Do you have any problem? Any? You have nothing going on between now and Friday, right? But this is more this is more important, right? Yeah. Okay. I know. This is live now. You can really tell me what you think of the plans and me and what I can do with the bundles of plane tickets in just a few moments. But for now, uh, I do wish to apologize. We've not been lucky. We've been very good because of the very great people that we have working in this organization. And it's true. You know, I don't. I don't get anything for telling you that the people I work with are great. And not everyone I work with is great. I'm sure that you wouldn't starve if, if you had to go out and find five people who say that Jay sucks here at Mercury. You, you, wouldn't, have, you, wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have to spend a lot of time hunting and tracking and using the latest digital hunting techniques to find five people, to, to locate five people who say, oh, Jay, he's awful. 
But, you know, the opposite is not true because the people we have working here are young and hungry and devilishly bright, and they do it. They do it for the job, and they do it, and they get it done. And that's why it all, one hopes, turns out on your end. But that's what we've got going. That's what we've got going on here. And I hope you will accept that very toss end of the deal. Okay, very toss for Tuesday. It is Tuesday, right? No, is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday, isn't it? No, it's not. It's today's Thursday. You see, you guys, I do this every once in a while. I just do this to panic Brittany, you know, and me sometimes to pretend like I don't know what day it is. How could you listen to and watch the news this much and not know the day it is? Because honestly, I didn't know. And I it, it, it has always astounded me. But don't panic. It has absolutely nothing to do with whether it's happening or when it happened, because if I say it happened today, it happened today, whatever today is. And if I say it's it's happening tonight, even though it's in the future, it's going to happen tonight. It bloody well is going to happen tonight. So just don't get so exercised about the little thing of what day it is. Would you please be a professional here? Get hold of yourself. Okay. I'm still a little... Uh, I'm a little frazzled because by virtue of this show, and if you are with us on Twitter, at J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N, and the phone number one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three, 3393 I came across a friend of 40, 40 years. I, it would be too depressing for me to gauge the actual year. And here's the best part of this. This friend, whom I will call, let me see. I'll call her Vicky. And we met at university. And so that stamps on both of us a certain, uh, a certain brand that one would be hard-pressed to deny. But... In the mind, in the human mind, there's no reason to evade it. And so I get to live in as a beneficiary of one of the most magical things known to man. And I think even more man than woman. And that is, I'm thinking of, of the person in question right now. I can see her perfectly. I mean, I know the exact location. I know the way she was wearing her hair. I know what she was wearing. I know everything about that moment. And you see, at this moment, she is exactly the same human being to me as she was in that moment. There hasn't been any passage of time. What's this passage of time stuff? We don't do that on radio. It's all as it once ever was. So don't try to tell me that the freshman girl that I knew at Vassar and remember etched in my memory, don't tell me that's not 
that's not how she looks anymore or, you know, time marches on. I don't believe that. I mean, give, give me a few childish things to hold on to, would you please? Or would you rather I start crying again? I mean, t- when I get into these phases, you've got a choice. You can let me reminisce or you can listen to a grown man. Well, that's been argued. Uh, weep. And I think you'd rather just hear me reminisce. So I- I've got the great advantage of when I think about a certain a certain friend and I haven't seen her in 40 years, I naturally remember her as exactly as the last time, the last time I saw her. Isn't the mind a beautiful thing? I mean, it can be awful. It can be bloody awful. It can be baloody awful. But sometimes it can be marvelous. And this is one of those cases in which it's marvelous. So I'm trying to do a lot of things, but because of the aforementioned uh, particle physics difficulties I'm having here with the computers, I can't take any chances stirring around, pushing buttons I may not know, which are almost all of them. So let me say again, because I know I can get this one out. The Blaze Radio Network. You, the best and brightness. Me, Jay Severin. one 888 It's nice to know that you can hang on to something. Lots happening today. You'll tell me whether you think so. one 888 Do you know I never worry whether there are calls on this show? Because I know there are calls. I hear you. And I know that's a problem that a a modern and very gifted psychoanalyst must deal. It's really not your problem. Uh, I I was hoping it wasn't a problem. I'm still hoping, after all those years, it won't become a problem. But I really do hear you. I hear you thinking. When I've said something or failed to say something, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I do. So the calls are greatly helpful because I can't hear it all. I mean, geez, what am I like the amazing, you know, Santini here? I can't hear everything, but I do hear you. That's why I wept yesterday because I heard I wasn't alone. And then I learned, you know, a thousand tweets later that I wasn't alone. But that's why we're here today because today, Something like yesterday, only better is going to happen here on the Blaze Radio Network. And it starts, as so often these days it does, with Trump and Trump and the media. What's he done now? Now what has he done? Now what position has he put me in to have to make a decision about whether I choose the rightness of what he's done and admit to myself I would have done the same thing, but trapped by the knowledge that if I admit that to myself, I feel that I'm pushing myself a little further into a deep hole where I've just not yet decided I want to be. And meanwhile, everyone, everyone, everyone outside my little plastic bubble is waiting for me to part the curtains and show them my eyes. 
and eventually my tongue and lips and tell them, yeah, you know, uh, I'm not sure I disagree with him because we usually start with something like that. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure I disagree with him, which, of course, is the standard response for he's absolutely right. You are a wonk and we together are right. And I just wish you would wake up because I hate seeing you, my friend and even family as part of the problem. Why not join the solution? Mom. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest on the other end. I, and I don't know if Vicky's listening. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's a pseudonym. We'll call her Vicky. I don't know if she's listening today. And I'm, I, I'm beginning to think it better that she's not. That I, 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 I would almost rather imagine that she's not because if if she is, there's a higher much higher chance that I'll weep. I, I've been having a lot of dreams recently about, I don't know, because I have, I have a child who's beginning to think about college and I'm having a lot of dreams about college. And I, I loved, 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 loved my college days. And there was a lot to love. Boy, was there a lot to love. And I, I think back there. It's and it's not, it's not lurid, honest. It's it's, it's just about that sense of unfettered freedom. Of you really believed your life was stretched out in front of you, and you could be and do and make and achieve anything, anything, anything. You had reached a point. And if you had if you had worked hard, if you had earned a position in a good school, that stuff they told you actually started to resonate. You know, one person did, one woman did this, one man did this. What one man can do, another can do. And I only wish that the message had gotten to me earlier because I, I'm starting my letter back to, we'll call her uh, Vicky right now. And then I have to be honest and say, I wasted 
more than years and more than money. I wasted so many other important things squandering the opportunity to be in a great college at a great time. And I love my life. I've loved my life. So maybe I don't have to say I've squandered it, but it seems to me I wouldn't want to see my father coming down the amphitheater with a blackboard and a piece of chalk in his hand. I think I'd be in for some kind of psychohistoric whooping. And I did put the psycho in psychohistoric, so psychohysterical in my case. Let's look at where we are right now, shall we? Trump is it. Trump is picked. Trump's done. Trump's the Republican nominee. It's it. Remember Project 1236? Exclusively here first. Remember it? Dawn, gone, dead, gone with the wind. Remember, remember Project the, the 1237. Look for it only in history books, for it is gone. Gone with the wind. And we awaited the big golden pear at the end, or the enormous cement acorn, if you will. And that was Project 1238, signifying the number of votes of delegates that once a candidate had that number, it was over and achieved as of last night. We are told and certified, stamped, and all the, you know, the bubblegum chart notary public big ribbon like these things are even bigger than if you get first prize at the calgary stampede you know in the bull category which is so perfect for so many reasons and last night we were told this is it this is it this is it this is it he's done it he's got 1238 it's over and you know what Funny that that should happen last night, because even though we knew it could happen last night, and indeed we talked about it yesterday, and the likelihood of this having occurred last night, we talked about this, and we agreed, I think, that there's no sense anybody getting their knickers in a knot, because there is something even beyond, you know what it's called? It's called life. It ain't politics. It, it, it ain't even it ain't even Paul Ryan. It ain't even media. It's life. There are so many things that stand between anybody at this moment and that anybody being president of the United States. They're incalculable. They're immeasurable. Here's what did happen last night. In any other time in American history, everybody with half a functioning brain and object to a bully pulpit so as to communicate with those other brains would have been jumping up and down saying, we did it, we did it, we did it, we. And I love the use of we on a night when the other guy did something and not only did you have nothing to do with it, you despise him. 
you wanted the news to be Donald Trump slips and falls from his plane at 28,000 feet. That's what you wanted to hear last night. Not you, not me, but a lot of us, certainly all the media people, but they can't help it. They are the guys who run down the street, jump on the fire wagon. They can't help themselves. We did it. We did it. Oh, 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 look, we did it. What did happen last night was that Donald Trump won all the ballots necessary to be the Republican nominee. But you know what? Why am I not jumping up and down yet, now or ever? Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. By your leave, mademoiselles et messieurs, just to finish one quick point here. What the hell am I talking about when I say big deal? Trump won 1237. Woo! Woo! He's over the top. He did it. He did it. It's done now. It's over. Why am I not jumping up and down as. Noel is very, very astute to ask, why am I not jumping up and down yet? A variety of reasons we're not going to spend the time to go into. Just one very, very, very basic one. Okay. He appears to have 1237, which is one more than that which one needs to win on the first ballot. Let's say we get to early July and Donald Trump hasn't dropped out of the campaign. Let's say we get to very early July and neither of his chief opponents have thrown in together Rubio and Ted and tried to create havoc, mischief, recounts, other countless, innumerable flies in our ointment that would screw this up. Okay? We're all still together, right? Woohoo! 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 He did it! Okay. Now we go to the opening night of the convention, whereupon we learn that all of this Bernie Sanders they've been feeding you about committed first delegates on the first round doesn't mean horse hockey. Or as Alan Dershowitz, my hero, dear friend of the Harvard Law School, and and he was of the Harvard Law School when it was the Harvard Law School. Not when you got in by postcard. Okay? Uh, Alan Dershowitz said, yeah, all this stuff is great. But as he said to me, do you ever buy a house? When do you own your house? You're all excited about it. We bought a new house. See the house? It's ours. We bought that house. That's our house. 
We bought that. No, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't buy that house. You made an offer on that house. The offer's been accepted. You're now going to contract. You've signed the contract. Someone at your bank pukes on the papers. Oops, it's going to take us another two weeks. Meanwhile, somebody's brother-in-law picks up the phone and says, we just found out this house is going to be backed up on a national uh, nature preserve, and it's filled with lakes and streams and moose and and it's just it's just about tripled in value and i just thought i'd let you know don't tell anyone you heard from me goodbye and all of a sudden the bank says to you we have a little trouble we puked all over your papers and your house now costs 1.937 million dollars what what okay so there's that and then there's People get to the, you know, the old closing, ever buy a house? You get to the closing and somebody somehow, this can't be, this can't be. Whenever you hear the words uttered, this can't be at a closing, I promise you, this can be. Someone shows up or doesn't. Someone shows up 50,000 short. Someone shows up saying, oh, no, wait a second. I thought this was uh, promissory estoppel here. I didn't know know this. And the whole thing goes to hell. What? I didn't know this? No, you didn't know this. That's why you don't own the house. That's why you never own the house until you go through a series of maneuvers which are intended to drive intelligent, Educated people, quite mad, quite mad. And then after all the ipsos, wherefores, wherein's, aforementioned, uh, and everyone's out of their mind with everything, we say, uh, I can, you know, I've got another, oh, I do too, Judge. All right, uh, we'll, we'll meet back here in three weeks, during which time your house burns down. And they still try to stick you with the bill for the house you never owned, but now you own it because it burnt down before you could take possession of it. And and then when everything's back on track with none of these awful things that, that Jay is talking about having happened, you show up, you do the closing, you sign, you sign, the other person signs, big checks get, uh, which of course are bank checks at this point, they're actually cash, they get passed across the table and you get Mr. and Mrs. Jones, here are the keys to your new house. Would you say that you then own your house? Oh, no, 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 don't be silly. You don't own your house now. You've just mortgaged your house. On the final day, 30 years from now, when the final check has cleared, cleared the bank, that's when you can burn your house down if you wish. And many people at that point very much wish. 
that's what they could do with it. But that's when you own your house. I'm trying to make, and it's never much of a problem for me, a long-winded metaphorical comparison to when do you own your nominee, not when you think. Yes, it's like an offer and acceptance and consideration on a house. You shake hands, it's it's it, it's done, we just bought that house. The machinations required before you take anything like possession of that house and move in a stick of furniture or enjoy a minute associated with it are like right now Donald Trump being the nominee of the Republican Party. There are so many things that could happen. I'm not saying they will. And you know what? They won't. Chances are they won't. But let's just take this as an example of real life, real living in real life. It would appear Donald Trump. You'll see this headline nowhere tonight, though this is the only headline that my graduate school professor in journalism would ever have allowed me to write, and that is, it appears Donald Trump captures Republican nomination. It appears. But you do get what I'm driving at here, right? Paul from New Hampshire, welcome. Jay, how are you, dear sir? I'm uh, up and down, but I'm here. Thank you. Hey, hey, good to talk to you again. Listen, I got a constitutional question for you, and this is a... uh a big change of, of, of topic here. Um, <clears throat> I am sitting on a town commission in my town in New Hampshire, and the purpose of this commission is to determine whether or not the expenditure of town funds to erect a town firearm shooting range is appropriate. Now, how many members? How many members? Uh, on the committee? Yes. Uh, we have two, four, six. Eight, nine. Nine members on the committee, and it's headed yeah. by a uh, what? It's headed by, by one of the selectmen. Okay. Uh, and what? And what? What is required to seal the deal? Uh, majority. Well, yeah, it's required majority vote, but then it has to go. You know, it has to go from 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 the commission to the selectmen to see if the selectmen will approve it and, and recommend right. it for I'm voting. I'm getting a headache already. Yes, I get yeah. it. But, 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 it is but, understand. But is this. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, so you uh, can see how it's uh, it's necessary uh, to know whether it's a three-man commission or a nine-man commission in the telling of this tale. So go ahead. Yeah. Yes, but, but my thinking, though, is, is what I want your input on. Generally speaking, I don't want to spend town money for a damn thing. Um, however... I'm apt to believe that it's appropriate to expend public money in order to erect a public shooting range in the town simply on the basis that I, I believe it is a constitutional duty of any government, be it federal, state, or local, to support and defend the Constitution. And part of that defense, I believe, of the Constitution is ensuring that the population within that town, if they are firearms owners, are able to effectively use safely... Uh, and accurately, whatever, you, uh, however you want to phrase it, they're firearms. So I think that supporting this may 
lean toward the idea that it's 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 appropriate to spend money for people to become more familiar with their firearms. But I don't mm. know if that's me saying, eh, it's something I want, so I want to spend government money. Um, and well, I don't where do, do you that. think you look? Where do you think you look on the vote so far? Oh, we haven't gotten to that point yet. But where <laughs> we, do you? But where do you think? How do you think you're going to do? Is is the is the tone in the town right now such that you know? Yeah, we probably ought to have this, or you know, hell no, we could have uh, better schools for the uh, middle, uh, better school, better lunches yeah, for no. the middle school, or a better marching band for the high school. Yeah, sure. I, I think that that being it's New Hampshire and still a relatively uh, rural town that many people uh, would support it. So you, so you think on balance your chances are pretty good? Yeah, I do, yes. Okay. All right, so thank you for yielding to my uh, questions uh, of curiosity. What, how, if at all, can I be of help? My thought in that I am, I don't like to spend money, and I don't think it's appropriate for the government to spend money on virtually anything. I support this under the idea that a government should support and and utilize public money in order that its citizenry be able to utilize firearms safely and effectively with the idea that an armed citizenry is important for the defense of the Constitution. I don't know if that logic is valid or if I am putting too much of my own self-interest into that and want it to feel that way because it's something that I personally support. As a sidebar comment, which I know is not the ultimate question we're after here, I would, I, I'd like to say to you, it is a perfectly good argument, uh, and I think a perfectly good motive. Uh, it really comes down to a matter of economics in a time when things are tight, and sure. I can imagine how pretty easily your opponents are going to have and will continue to mount arguments against you saying, you know, of the things you need to spend money for right now, a shooting range, which is the way they'll put it, or, you know, some other way. A shooting range ain't one of them. Okay. So where is the... I'll tell you what. A a Brit is telling me I have to break. uh, Leave us in mystery. Uh, stay with us. Uh, put it on the shelf just for a second. We will come back to you. Uh, leave us on tenter hooks, as it were. And in a moment, we shall come back for your telling us what you believe the possible constitutional question might be. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. on the Blaze Radio Network. And I hope we haven't lost Paul, have we? You have not, sir. 
No, excellent. Okay, so Paul's on uh, the city commission, whatever, uh, board of selectmen, planning commission, you know, uh, has to make a vote. And it's it's about whether or not to uh, uh, have a shooting range. And so we can instantly see the reasons for advocacy on one side and, of course, on the other. Now, have you yet made public your preferences? Um, no, no. We are in the preliminary the preliminary stages of the commission. Um, okay. So no. Okay. I, I would just I you didn't ask, but since I have less than sixty seconds, let me offer. Sure. Sure. I, I can see reasons why a shooting range would be a very very good idea. Because most people will never fire a gun until, God forbid, the first time they fire a gun to protect their lives or the lives of a young one. And at that point, they will be so nervous. It'll be dark. They'll be peeing their pants. They won't know where the safety is. They won't know if it's loaded. They won't know how to point it. They won't use two hands. They won't bend their legs. They'll end up shooting somebody else. It's a very good idea to go through a short course or a short course like this. What I fear you're going to run into, Paul, is people making a not bad argument that says we need other stuff. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. It is. We are. I am on the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest. We do have a phone number. one 888 900 333 one in calling it Excelsior. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the Blaze Radio Network. It's a partnership we share, and I do, and I mean it. And if I ever succeeded in in persuading you how much I anticipate and you look forward to and how much of myself I put into these broadcasts, I'm not saying, oh, whoa, me, I work hard. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that I enjoy what we do and enjoy doing it together the way we do it together. And it is, as I've said before, not merely what I do. It has become who I am. That's not intended as an endorsement, believe me. But it's the best I've got at the moment. So to 
just finish up this point and then get two partners on the phone. Why am why am I not jumping up and down because Trump's got the nomination? For the same reason, not more nor less, than that I'm not jumping up and down right now. If Ted Cruz had the nomination, I would be more animated. I agree. I concede. There'd be a little bit more whoo in my whoo in my step if it had been Ted. Okay, I admit. But the same things could happen to Ted that could happen to Cruz between now and that moment. And as we have said here, under a variety of guises, when do you own your car? Okay, can I go out and take a poop on the front seat now? (laughs) Uh, No, partner. No, you can't. No, we still own the car. Okay, when can I take a poop on the front seat? Well, you can take a poop on the front seat uh, right after you see our doctor friend here, but that's not mandatory. But you can poop on the front seat or the back seat uh, or or on the power transmission, if you wish, uh, once you own the car and the poop. And see, you don't own that yet. So once we have all of the money from the bank, we've got everything there is to have, so there is no way to back out, then it's your car and your poop. Padna. So long. Enjoy it. So I just think about the things that can happen between now and the moment I own the house. And I knew I'd never owned the house, really, ever, until you, you know, if you, unless you're paying cash for the house, you, you are a mortgagee. You, you own the house when the last mortgage payment's paid. Otherwise, the bank owns the house. I guess we all know that. Uh, in a presidential campaign, it's a little less portentous in a way, but you don't own the nomination until one of these formal legalities come to fruition. And by legal formalities, I mean not when he gets, he meaning anybody. Today's news, it's Trump. He got 1237. He did it. Woohoo! He did it. He got 1237. Having one more delegate that is required to claim the Republican nomination. The Republican nomination has been claimed by Donald Trump. Now that's true enough. Except life being what it is and all of the oddities of life, including all of the oddities of life. You don't own that car yet, Donald. And we've been saying this for quite some time. Remember, you own the car, and I start having to say to myself and to you, are you voting for the nominee of your party, or are you voting against the nominee of your party? 
Donald Trump has yet to become the nominee of the party. I believe he's going to be. I believe this is about as locked up as it gets. I understand all of this. I've, I, you know, I'm, this is not my first rodeo. In fact, I've, I kept uh, all of my, uh, of the few things I will keep as a pack rat, I do keep the laminated passes as delegate, assistant delegate, you know, media, um, especially the ones where you're laminated for network coverage. When your name is on there and it says, you know, CBS News and your name and, you know, all access floor pass. Sure, I keep those. Of course I keep those. Hell, there is the most famous uh, uh, such as it is, but it is restaurant on the eastern end of New York State called the American Hotel and owned by a friend of mine named Ted. And when I used to come home from the elections, there is a moose, a full-sized moose head from mid-neck up, taxidermied. Uh, this was before Uber. Uh, and, and, the, and the taxi head stands forth from the wall in the main dining room. And every four years, my credentials hung from that moose. And I believe it was a matter of some civics, circus, uh, commandus, pridus for all of us that every four years that moose wore those credentials. It meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to be there. I don't care who was running. You don't buy those things. So, yeah, it's kind of like a little bit of a, you know, a, what do you call it? A, a, what do you, Brittany, what do you call it? A novelty piece, a, you know, a, something like that. So, yeah, but here's the deal. I don't get those credentials. The moose doesn't get the credentials. See, nobody gets those credentials until the gavel comes down and they say, having duly been registered with 1,238 legitimate votes of the party, this man, Donald J. Trump, hereby is named and proclaimed by us all without obligation, I'm sorry, without objection, is proclaimed the nominee of the Republican Party for the Republican nomination for that office. And then... All the big sound effects go off and everyone's happy and you've got a nominee. And forgive me, I know it's a mostly meaningless and, and stupid uh, hair to split, but we have a nominee when we have a nominee. Break. Question, does the Republican Party now, at this moment, have a nominee? No! The Republican Party has what it's had for two weeks. It has a presumptive nominee. And that will continue for a few more weeks until everything falls into place or 
God forbid, or God engineered, doesn't. And why is it that Marco Rubio is not releasing his delegates and Ted Cruz is not releasing his delegates and how come they're talking and how come, how come today, 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 on May 26th, there was still a headline news article about Mitt Romney trying to put together a third-party candidate for the Republican nomination, the Republican Party nomination. And I don't know if it makes it more or less bizarre than the person that Mitt Romney has in mind to be that third-party nominee is Mitt Romney. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Craig from Massachusetts, is that you? Is that you? Jay, I'm sorry it's been so long, my friend, but please rest assured (laughs) that I listen to every show on the podcast, and kudos to your great team over there because they get those shows up immediately. Immediately. Thank you. So I'm I'm calling in, Jay, today, and and honestly, I'm I'm hoping that uh, this call is not going to get me banned or get me stripped of my commander with uh, gold star gold leaf status. okay this could be good follow on <laughs> um few things infuriate me more than people who are still saying if trump if the election were held today i would not vote for trump and these are people who are who are conser- calling themselves conservative who are wield enormous influence and i'm and i'm not mentioning the name on purpose unless you'd like me to um but but it's infuriating to me to hear them say if the election were held today i'm looking at the libertarian candidate i'm looking at this guy i'm looking at that guy all that does is say to people i'd rather have hillary clinton than donald trump and to, right. and to say you're a conservative shows, and hold that mindset uh, it, is infuriating. It shows a stunning weakness of mind because it, 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 we are all bi. And we, many of us have fought that, and, and I fight it. I'd like to be able to say I am bi-free. I'm not bi in any part of my life. Uh, just for political reasons, I'd like to be able to say I'm not bi, period. But... I'm an American voting citizen. I am bi. I am bi electoral. That's it. The only two people who are going to be president of the United States are a binary choice. It's going to be I Hillary understand. or Donald. I understand that, that it's even a lifetime away still before the convention, as you just said in the last segment. And it's certainly a lifetime away before the actual election. So it could think lots of things could change, lots of things to come could come to light. 
But if, if these people who, in, in my opinion, I'm guessing that their opinion influences the way millions of people are going to vote. Now, and, it's going to be the most fascinating campaign we have ever seen. The, the Hillary people are the ugliest bastards on the block. I've worked against them for many years in my lifetime, in my, you know, in matter of making a living. I know them. I know how they work. I know what they do. They are figuring out ways to set up circumstances. Believe me, there are, there are 50 on the drawing board right now in a secret strategy room. There are 50 whiteboards with big advertising agents, smart guys, trying to figure out how do we draw him into a circumstance like, you know, and that that includes how do we, the Hillary people, kill someone and make it look like Donald did it and then at least make it look like he said, oh, I don't care that much. It's only a dead girl or something. They need something to happen that they think will prove once and for all people will look at Donald Trump and say, oh, my goodness. This man is a monster. But and the Trump people that. who are not as experienced, but you don't get to be where they are without, you know, knowing a few things. And I know a few people on the Trump team and I don't know anyone on the uh, Hillary team, half the monster that some of these people are. And I say that admiringly. I mean, you've got two people sitting in rooms, figuring out how can we create or lure into a circumstance or create a circumstance whereby we make the other person look like beyond a scoundrel. We make them look like less than human. But we expect that, Jay, from, from Hillary Clinton's camp, and we expect that from the Democrats. What, what's infuriating are the people that are saying that I feel are doing that same thing that are calling themselves conservatives. And if they want to well, do that until yeah. Donald Trump gets the actual nomination, I guess begrudgingly that's okay. But if he secures that nomination and they don't change their tune, I'm, I'm going to have to pull support from a lot of groups that, that I support very strongly uh, because they're going to essentially I'm, I'm be telling saying, you now, I'd rather friend, have Hillary going to change. These are lifelong operators in whatever business they are in. Almost all of them started as lawyers. It's a good training ground. I'm not being degradating there. I think everyone ought to go to law school. I, I think it's the best possible training there is in the world. And I, I would hope that everyone would be able to do it, to teach you how to think. I mean, a great uh, uh, college is to teach you what one used to learn by going to high school or college. You know, it's a general uh, uh, an opportunity to soak in a general sense of knowledge and ethics, history, all those things one needs to do to be a gentleman or a lady to know history. But that's where it stops. You don't learn how to be a specialist. You don't learn how to be an assassin in college or a, or an architect or a doctor. You need to go to graduate level studies to do that. So does one need to do that in order to win campaigns for people. 
uh, that or just spend your life in campaigns. But there is a skill set. Uh, and I, you, I know you, I know you know this. There's a skill set, and and if you have enough people who have that skill set, they're going to figure out a way to assassinate uh, legally, assassinate the other guy. And if you don't have enough people like that, or know how to react to the broadside, the the f- fullest aid, if you will, of bullets coming from the other side every day, hoping to trip you up once or twice then you're not going to win. This is an all-out battle of the dirtiest thinkers, of the, of the weaseliest people you could ever imagine in life. Jay, I, I just hope that if Donald Trump does get the nomination, I hope that circumstances come to fruition such that, that I'm still able to bring myself to to listen to the blaze and to listen to you because after what you just said, I'm, I'm more worried than ever that, uh, Jeez, that I, I, that so I might too. not be able to do that. Uh, hey, Craig, but keep I, in mind one thing. I'll say it a little less forcefully. This will be the first American election in history. Probably this will be the first American presidential election ever in which the man or woman who takes office at the inauguration day will be hated hated by more Americans than they will be loved and when you think about that when you think twerking dada twerking when you think about a culture that's produced this position Jay Severin the Blaze Radio Network Welcome back, my dear friends, my broadcast partners. Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal, I love him. Billy Crystal. Oh, I think they mean another Bill Crystal. Anyway, uh, Bill Crystal is, oh yeah, that's right, the magazine guy. He is still out there drawing and heaping and humping and drawing and hoping for a third party candidate. And he is still... As of this morning, I'm understanding he is still communicating with Mitt Romney to try and get Mitt. Now, there are other reports that Mitt has given up, but Bill Crystal is still needling him, needling him, trying to get him to be the third party because, well, let's just say it this way. If you know, I like I like Bill Crystal. He is a gentleman. He is bright. He is witty. He's a fine gentleman. He knows nothing about politics. His knowledge of politics is reduced to the drawing room, a salon game of politics. Actually getting elected, winning elections. I did that for 25 years, and I've known Bill about that long, and I don't remember ever seeing any, even a hint of a resemblance there between the two skill sets. But I still like him. Uh, Let me see. 
we believe we have Kevin from Texas here. Uh, yes, sir. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon. It's great to hear from you. You're loud and proud in the Hill Country. How are you doing well, Thank today? you. I'm glad to be heard in Texas. Uh, thank you. Uh, our wonderful friend that was calling about the uh, shooting range, it's an easy situation. You tie it into the school uh, funding program. You make the shooting range part of the school program. You set up a shooting club. You bring in the uh, uh, sheriff department to teach the children, you know, teach them how to shoot, what gun safety, and then after our idea. Yeah. It's a great but, idea. But, uh, I'm not sure but, that you wouldn't politically face the same sorts of hurdles and resistance with the same result, but it would be a very crafty way to go. And frankly, it would be a very good, legitimate, honest way to go, because that's oh, how it ought to go. That's how it ought to go. Texas oh, kids great. ought to go to school and learn when they're in the, I don't know what grade, but I'm I'm guessing sixth grade, you know, somewhere, seventh grade, eighth grade, they ought to learn how to handle a weapon. Absolutely agreed. Uh, when I was a young child, my dad said, hey, son, this is a gun. You know what it is? And I was like going, yep. And he goes, don't touch it. And then when I was old enough, he said, okay, now I'm going to teach you how to use it. And if you don't need to use it, don't touch it. That's the way yep. we grow up. Yep. I, tie, it to, tie it to the schools and watch and see who's going to cut the funding on that one. There is a reason why the founding fathers, in all of their stellar brilliance, added to, incorporated into the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments to the Constitution of the United States, which more than any other articulate what the federal government cannot do to us. And everyone, you, my friend included, appreciates the Bill of Rights are so important in and of themselves is because they are the ones that articulate forcefully with the power of law to Americans what the Constitution and the government may not do to regular Americans. And I'm afraid we're on the downward slope of that. I'm just very happy every time, and I thank you for the call, uh, Kevin. I just want to thank everybody involved uh, with a former client of mine, the National Rifle Association. I will tell you right now, I did not at the time possess the ability, and if they were my client now, I don't know if I would possess the ability. I'd like to think so, but I'm only guessing. I think those television commercials we see on right now with ordinary people in ordinary places. And it could be an old African-American woman. It could be a kid. It could be a young mother. It could be Dana. It could be any number of people. And they lay out a very, very forceful, organic case and say what we know. You know, the police, heroic as we know them to be and honor them as such, we now know something that perhaps we didn't know when we were children. The police are not magicians. The police cannot get there before the home intruder 
fires the first shot, changing your life forever. The police in America do better than the police anywhere have ever done police work. And we are blessed on God's earth to be protected by them. But alas, they are not magicians. The police don't get there first. The scumball that has broken into your house at 3 o'clock in the morning planning to do you and your family harm is already there. And it's going to take the best police officers, Americans, that is, it's going to take them minutes. Still miraculous, but it's going to take them minutes to get to your house. And the guy who makes something bump in the middle of your house at 3 a.m., he doesn't have to wait anymore. He's already there. The sad, fixed truth in our lives is that though we never wish to face it, and I pray for all of you, you never will, but we all know the truth, and the truth is, under those, the worst of all circumstances, if those circumstances which do happen 100,000 times a year or more, If that happens, the police are there to assist you, heroes that they are, but they are assisting you post-mortem. There is still enough Texas in America and common sense in Texas to recognize that there will be events, situations in which we must protect ourselves and our families, or at least have the blessed prerogative of die trying. At least, God, give me this. Give me the chance to try to protect my family. That's why the NRA is so important, and those commercials are just the best commercials you'll ever see. Stacy wrote to me a minute ago on an unrelated topic, and Stacy, who is among our fabulously bright tweeps, said, when's the last time we had a blonde POTUS? And maybe I'm judging Stacy too quickly here, but Stacy, if you're talking about the prospect of Hillary Clinton, then uh, your question will remain floating out there in the stratosphere because Hillary Clinton certainly is not a blonde. Uh, that, that kind of blonde doesn't count. There are blondes and there are blondes. You, know, you can look at the five tonight and you could see Dana Perino out of the barber's chair uh, having had the top 99% of her Uh, blonde hair, maybe it was that blonde when she was four years old, Uh, we can see it. And then if you really look, you could see that down at the ends of all of her hair, it's black. And I was wondering, I asked my daughter, is this a look? Is this a new look? Blonde all over and then a black crack down the middle and then black on all the ends? Yeah. 
Well, that's a topic I would enjoy discussing someday. Honestly, I would. Uh, men look at blondes. Men look, there are a number of studies done. They are actually very funny if you're not a girl to watch. You go down the street, you have women walk by in controlled situations. Men spin around to look at blondes. They do. They have, as long as we can register this history, but we don't know how long they've been doing it. But it must be why 99% of American women with other colored hair go to the beauty parlor not to get black highlights. Women do not meet at the beauty parlor and say, yeah, I'm really troubled. My blonde keeps growing in. Right here, down at the roots, I've got these blonde roots. Could you make them black, please? And and look, look at all, all over my hair here, I've got blonde hair. Could you help me with that? Could you make that black, please? Or brown? You know, I'm still a little confused why so many people with beautiful, beautiful blonde hair are going so far out of their way to dye their roots black. But in any case, uh, we're not about to have a blonde president. If, if Trey Gowdy is elected president, we may have a blonde president. Uh, I'd have to, you know, he'd have to be looked at further, too. The fact is, we, we once upon a time did have, and I'm, hey, I, I'm not complaining. I love all American women. I'm not complaining. But there was a time when there were certain segments of America where women did have blonde, and I mean blonde hair. And those were places like Minnesota, Wisconsin. They were places like Utah, places like Arizona, places like Texas, places especially like Southern California. And that was responsible uh, simply by demographics, but where and who migrated to those positions after World War II. It was a matter of demographics. And then all of a sudden, the miracles of modern science made it possible for everyone, everyone to have blonde hair if they want. And lo and behold, American women became a nation of blonde highlights, blonde hair, blonde women. Now, I'd like to talk about this further, although I think it probably, probably you don't. I mean, I have a feeling that whenever I have this conversation with uh, my female friends, they don't seem to be particularly excited about discussing how come uh, in 99 beauty parlor appointments out of 100 uh, every day all across America, if you look in the book, nobody is down for brown highlights. Now you, you can rifle through all the books of all the beauty parlors. You can do it by computer all across America every day. And there's just this astonishing thing. No one's coming in to have their roots colored black. 
And I just, it's, uh, I, you know, and uh, my father made the best line, offered the best line on this, God bless his soul, as often he did, when he uh, said once, look at the girl with that, look at the girl with that stunning um, uh, black hair. I, I wonder why she's bothering to dye her roots blonde. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. I done warned you and done warned you about my weeping. So I put it to the end of the show, and with any luck, I'll be able to leave you uh, something of a full man. I just wish to extend to you and to your families, because every person out from you that gets closer to the core of your family gets closer to someone whom they just didn't know an Uncle Bill or an Uncle Joe or whomever. It was someone who was a person in their lives. And they died. They gave up that life prematurely. And they did it for not for fame or fortune or a bet uh, on a TV show. They did it because... They loved their nation. They loved their fellow citizens. And they loved them so much that they were willing in the prime of their lives to die for them, to leave a Yankee game, to leave a sweetheart, to leave a new business, a new job, to leave the dreams of children and family and all of the things that we get to take for granted. Got to leave them all and did it happily because they believed that correctly that they were going to make sure that their fellow citizens would have these things. And so on this eve of the most sacred day on our calendar, the Jay Severin Show. remember together. Only. On the Blaze Radio Network.